0: So let's just take a moment and uh, set the space and connect with each other. So if you can take a deep breath in with me, and exhale. I'm just going to open the field this morning in sacred service to the law of one. North, south, east, west, earth, sky, heart, and space. I ask, command, and intend for the highest exchange according to the will of God. Beloved creation, please anchor this space as sacred in the living, organic, light code. We are God, we are sovereign, and we are free beings. And so it is. We good? We're rolling? All right, okay. So, um, it's awesome to have my son Trapper here this morning, uh, and uh, Brad. We're going to run a version of... One of my dearest mantras, it's on my album, Mother of Mine, and it's called Aditya.
1: Om Aditya, Hridayam Sarva Vinashan Jaya through the national
0: So good morning and uh, welcome to Divine Through Line. Uh, that was a version of Aditya, um, an ancient Sanskrit mantra um, that is actually to Lord Surya, to the sun. And um, I'm just merging into the beautiful vibration uh, that uh, is created by chanting this sacred verse. Um, I hope you guys can feel it out there as well listening. And uh, I was joined by my son Trapper on drums and Brad played the Ezrage for us this morning. So thanks you guys for that. Um, I'm just uh, pouring tea and very honored and and, uh, grateful to be uh, recording this podcast and sharing some precious moments with everybody and also being able to spend... Such an amazing uh, experience with two of my favorite musicians. (laughs) So thanks, you guys. Uh, My pleasure. (laughs) Hi, Trapper. Say good morning. Lean up to the mic. Say good morning. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, um, you know, why do we, you know, what is the power of mantra and how is mantra, chanting mantra different than, let's say, popular music and Sanskrit is the oldest language on the planet, and uh, actually we we all are, that is all of our mother tongues because it is the original um, frequency existing on the planet. And uh, it carries with it some very, very powerful vibration within the sound. And um, the reason there's not uh, a lot of variation or break or verse or bridge is because it's the repetition, that clears the energy and allows you to drop into a space. Um, and this particular mantra actually uh, came to me. I was reading uh, a very profound book called the Ramayana or Ramayan, depending on which part of India you're from. But it's an ancient text. Uh, I think it may be 6,000 years old. And uh, and uh, it was translated by um uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna look his name up right now. It's banker is is his last name, but uh, Ashok Banker, I believe, uh, and he did a translation that is actually a six book um, collection. And I read it some years ago, and it's just been profoundly um, uh, relevant to my life, and kind of keeps revealing new and new secrets that I learned from from reading this text, and. You know, it's six books long, literally, and it is full of uh, many, many battles, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and full of of uh, perspectives and, and spiritual wisdom. But the um, the the base the the root of the story, the foundation of the story is the hero, uh, the Dharmic hero Rama, uh, is the son of of a king, and he is to um, gain his kingdom as he comes of age and. Uh, everything goes uh, completely left, and he, in fact, is exiled for 14 years with his beloved Sita, um, and they go on this journey and this ex- exploration of life, and it's quite grueling and quite intense. Uh, it's it's a it's a like a metaphor for for real life, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and um, this particular mantra, the Aditya mantra, was given. Um, by the sage um, in one of the the sage seers of the story to Rama when he is um, ready to engage in his biggest battle with uh, Ravana who is basically representative of the dark underlord and um, I I started chanting this this mantra maybe I don't know uh, maybe four years ago Um, I actually was Um, at Yogananda, um, Yogananda's Mother Center in Mount Washington. And I was at the time uh, fighting to save my house from foreclosure. And uh, it was very scary and very stressful for me, uh, but I felt that I had no other choice um, in the matter. Um, I could not walk away from this land and from Jai, where we are recording today. Um, And I actually went into the chapel in the Mother Center, and before I sent off my first group of documents, I chanted on the documents sitting in his actual chapel before. And it was about a four hour process to actually clear the fear in my body. Because I knew that if I sent these documents out, and I had any fear that something could attach to that. So I had to be a real warrior, I had to be very Mm -hmm. clear. And so um, when I went to the Mother Center that day, I went into the, um, the spiritual bookstore that they have there. And I found this photo of Yogananda, and I think it's from 1929. I pulled it out, actually, this morning to show you guys. But it's a beautiful photograph of uh, Paramahamsa Yogananda, and he's playing an Ezraj, um, which is an instrument um, that is kind of like a sitar and maybe kind of like a violin. It's played with a bow. And I had no money at the time, and it took me an entire year to save $500 to buy this instrument, but I knew that it was... It was going to be my next instrument, um, and you guys, both being musicians, know that I'm not a musician. <laughs> that I'm a kind of a, 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 cre- I'm, a I'm a novice, so to speak. No, I cre- create create uh, very organically, sort of through sounds. Like I find instruments and I make sounds on them, and then I write music from them. But that- I don't.
2: That sounds like a musician Does it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so but this, this amazing uh, instrument, I just knew that I had to have it. So I called, um, I think it's the Ali Akbar School of Music. It's <laughs> in Northern California, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> so I called and I said, you know, okay, I have this $500. You know, do you, I, I would like to get an Ezraj. And I said, you know, I can't, I can't come up and choose it myself. So would you choose a very special one for me? A very special one. And, and the person said, well, we only have one. So I said, okay, well, then that's mine. It's
2: very special.
1: Yeah, though.
0: very special, especially for me. They only had one. So they sent it to me. And when I got it and I unpacked it, um, I turned it over and carved in the back of it was a tree of life. Hmm. That was the design. And if you look at my album cover, it is a, a tree of life with me superimposed into it. And I actually had done the album artwork before I recorded the music. So I did things very, you know, again, in the Srimati style, which is all over the place. uh, You're also pregnant. I was pregnant with... With Jaya, which is kind of symbolic of the tree of life, your half-life. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I knew. Well, when I got pregnant, I was pregnant with Jaya, and I was so sick. I was vomiting for uh, months and I finally woke up at like seven months and I was like, okay, I can actually do something. And, uh, and so I decided that I would shoot my album cover at that point. Um, so yeah, I knew that I had to be pregnant on, on the album cover. So, um, that's, um, actually I should just go into that. It's taking me a different direction, but I'm going to go with that. So Let me finish this one through line here, Mm -hmm. divine through line here. So Uh anyway, so I saw on the back of the Ezraj that there was um, this tree of life, which was just so profound and so perfect. And so... Uh, much to the horror of my family, I attempted to try to learn to play a sitar, which is, <laughs> I don't think, I, I still haven't met anyone in physical who really can play it. I saw some dude online that was just wailing, a white guy, like not an Indian guy, a Western guy. Was he using a bow? A bow, and he was like in the shower, and he was unbelievable. In, in the shower, he was not, playing But not with the water on. Them. No, not with the water on, but just for the acoustics. Right. And it was quite something. Um, but so I looked at it and I, and I really love the feel of a bow. Like I, I love violin and I love strings. And so it's, it's an instrument that I would have loved to have been able to play. Um, but I was sort of bumbling around on on my own. And then we were on the big Island, um, uh, actually, um, crewing for one of Rich's races and we were staying in Javi. Actually, it was the same time Tyler wrote the song that he played the last time on the podcast. podcast, yeah. Yeah. So we were in the same house and I had, um, I, could, I didn't know the tuning because I had no teacher and so I couldn't figure out what it was supposed to be tuned in. I went online. I couldn't figure it out. So I just found that tuning that I liked. That tuning that you played, which to me sounds sort of like a bell tower ringing, or like a a sound, like a um, like a like what would you say if you like ringing a bell tower?
2: Well, it's a calling. It's quality. a call, yeah. right?
0: Like a calling it calls me in. Yeah, and so so I I I, uh, I found that tuning. And then uh, I had heard the mantra, and I was doing open eye meditation. I, I would do this mantra as the sun rose. I have this thing in my Vedic chart where I have um, a past life merit from chanting. And so it's very powerful for me to chant. And um, for some reason, all my all my um, attention was taken from the moon and put on the sun. And so, I would wait, staring at the mountain before the sun rose. And then for the first 15 minutes that the sun was rising, I would stare open-eyed and chant this mantra. And it was clearing uh, so much residue from me and really empowering me. Um, And so uh, later we, we... Ran it together and workshoped it together, and Trapper played the djembe on it beautifully, and it's on Mother of Mine. And there was some discussion. um I think you know we were concerned, like, can we put an eight-minute song on an album? And um, I just said, well, yes, we can. <laughs> that
2: was that. <laughs> I
0: was like, well, I guess we yeah. can. Our parents aren't here. We can do whatever oh, we right. want, that's right? Because right. yeah. our parents aren't here. So yeah. just whatever we want to do is totally fine but yeah trapper you brought up so Jaya just going back because I do um, want to just share a little bit about this story so I knew I had been in meditation when I was receiving my music and um, and uh, um, I also at the same time received a like a direction to go photograph a, a group of actually two groups of trees and I was not a photographer and I never was really focused on trees before this particular time, but uh, they were a specific two groups of trees that I would see in my life. Um, One set of coral living trees on my way to yoga um, every day, going to my dear friend, Steve Ross's class, my very controversial and dear friend, Steve Ross. Um, And then the other was actually driving up in Malibu and one, set of trees was very alive and vibrant and represented life. And the other set of trees were actually dead, but they were sculptural sculpturally gorgeous in their essence. Um, So I borrowed um, a dear friend of mine's camera who happens to be one of the most celebrated photographers in the world. Her name is Isabel Snyder. And she lives down the street from me and she was kind enough to lend me her camera and My idea was that I would go out and kind of get my legs with it and get familiar and then figure out how to shoot them later. But what happened is I shot them all in like that afternoon and I was done Um, because it it was just a channeling thing. I didn't really need technique for it. I just needed my eye and that was it. So. Later, I, I actually had um, an art show. I've had an art show and sold these pieces. They ended up being four foot by 10 feet photographs, and I pushed them in Photoshop. So they're very vibrant, and they're on glossy metallic paper and um, mounted to glossy plexiglass with an aluminum back. And, um, and anyway, so my album cover is one of these images um, also um, shot Uh, or I'm sorry, um, composited with a dear friend of mine, Stacey Turk, um, who's an amazing photographer who I hired uh, to shoot the other aspect of this album cover. And so I knew I was pregnant. I knew I had to be captured on film for the album cover. And it was her idea that uh, we get a body painter and uh, I be painted actually like a tree and then superimposed into the image. And so it was in a studio in Hollywood, it was a 10 hour day or something like that. Mm. I was eight months pregnant, I think at the time, seven, eight months pregnant. And uh, I had to stand for hours while this artist painted me Mm. and he and his boyfriend painted me. And it was such an amazing experience to be completely transformed into something other than human. Because when I was done, I was a black like other creature right. <laughs> and my hair was uh was extending up in the air and there's a collection of photographs that t- stacy took of me during this moment we after we did all the hair and makeup we only had an hour and a half to shoot i was in massive pain she had this amazing lighting package and because she's so amazing and so gifted uh she was able to get the most amazing photographs i have ever seen in my life it's one of it's probably my dearest creative expression uh, that, I've, that I've participated in, and I really do hope that we, that she will do a show and showcase those photographs at some point in the future because they're quite, quite extraordinary. So anyway, so I share that mantra with you. Um, I feel like um, there's a lot of intensity in the field, um, meaning in life. Um, I know that I stepped in some very difficult energy in the last uh, week, uh, and I say I step into it because I like to use the visual of almost like it's a puddle, like a puddle of, of water, <laughs> of, of muddy water. And you actually um, can step out of it by using tools and, and, uh, and really shifting your energy. But um, there's no question that uh, I think there's sort of a new level of transformation that's coming up for many of us. And uh, I certainly was feeling it. And these transformations and these births always carry with them, um, you know, a lot of uh, opportunity to release trauma, to release uh, any limiting beliefs that you've been holding, um, uh, anybody else's truth about you that is not really your truth anyway. And it gives us an opportunity to really get real and really get connected. Um, And one of the things that, you know, I notice is uh, certain relationships can change, friendships can sort of dissolve or come to completion, relationships to completion, um, and uh, all of this stuff, at, at its ultimate core, is an opportunity to um, get very, very close to the divine. Mm-hmm. And because when you have no one to process with or no one to vent. You know, or you know, the, these are kind of things that we do as human, um, but um, we have to be careful that we're not wasting our energy. Like that energy that you're taking, calling a friend and venting with the friend, and it's fine because it makes you feel better, and we all need to be comforted, or it might, you know, placate your ego. But at the end of the day, did you really get? Did you get anywhere? Like, did you get to the morsel inside? Did you look at the mirror? Did you go in deep? Right. So anyway, so that's kind of what's been going on. That's a um, that's sort of what I wanted to present today. And I don't know, Brad. I haven't seen you in a week, so
2: there's been a lot of that going on. Yeah, yeah. So how's actually, it been? You, how's it been you, for you? Well, it's it's that's that has come up for me. Like I have actually reached out and, and, and called friends. Fortunately, my friends tend to be, you know, I I feel I'm just surrounded by very very conscious people who who help direct me back.
0: Well, you're like, lucky,
2: right? Direct, direct me back to it. Always comes back to me in my relationship with Source, right? Every time.
0: And so, um, but every after every experience after you get directed <coughs> back to Source, um, then are you taking the time to go into meditation and to yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Um, well, that and then I then I get the sense of like exactly what you said to really then. After having this this experience, where I did a bit of venting, and then also it, it called me back to, all right, I need to take some time alone mm-hmm. and just go right into you know my my heart mm-hmm. and listen to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes I find um, it, when you step in a, in an incredibly like a particularly uh, dense energy field. Um, sometimes your body is, is feeling so much trauma that you can't even get to that point, you know, like you're sort of in a fight or flight. And so there's a couple tools, um, that I find very transformational. And one is very, very simple. And that is the minute that you're feeling anxiety or any kind of discomfort, go drink some clean water. Mm. Like just first off, like remind yourself glass of water. (laughs) And after you drink that glass of water, I can almost promise you that things will have shifted. It, maybe not entirely, but um, you know, to a certain to a certain um, extent. And then the next thing is is to understand that this fear or any kind of discomfort or trauma or memories, they're lodged in the physical body. Mm-hmm. So moving your body is very, very key to shifting your state and shifting what you're experiencing. So. I know for Trapper, sometimes that looks like going and playing soccer. Um, what about... you got to move the mic closer to you because we can't hear you. Just go ahead. Um, and uh, there you go. For me, it's, again, I'm always... Um, yeah. Yoga practice has been, for me, the difference of feeling alive and feeling dead. Um, right. Literally... Going through any series of asana, which are postures, or any type of movement um, in a yoga practice is transformational on very, very, many, many, many levels. Um, and there was something, um, there's just something profound about you know, being in such an emotional state and then actually being able to go get on the mat and transform that in an hour or even a half of an hour you know, being on the mat. I know, you know, my, my soulmate rich role, you know, he does it by running. Mm -hmm. He'll go out and run 65 miles. No, I'm kidding. Or will run. No, I'm just kidding. He'll go run like, I don't know, 15 miles or something like that. And then he'll feel better. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, but, um,
1: 65 miles is a little extreme. No, I'm (laughs)
0: kidding. I was making fun of his extreme nature. Um, but I really do. Again, I have to bring, uh, I have to bring it back to yoga because um there is a difference between exercise and yoga and when you connect with yoga as a spiritual practice and as a technique that has been offered from this ancient lineage um it actually allows you to um experience victory like to you know become victorious over things that are that are um your adversarial challenges or issues or traumas in your life
2: if there were just a couple like let's say i've got i've got to go to work or i have to you know whatever i have to do i have to get somewhere and let's say i just needed a couple poses like i i mean i love the get a fresh clean glass of water that's such a conscious yeah step So what about, you know, what yoga pose can I?
0: Well, I mean, it's funny, you know, I did it today. My life has been so busy right now and I just have so many projects and and a couple of my children haven't been feeling well and Rich is traveling and Thanksgiving's coming. We're, we're Thanksgiving coming up. But um, this morning I just find like, I always keep a mat in my room. I I have it ready. Like Mm -hmm. it's out there with some blocks or a strap or, you know, any, any yoga props that you like to use. And Today, uh, this is the coolest thing, actually. Everybody who's into yoga should download the app iTabla Pro because it has all the tabla um, uh, settings on it and a um, uh, all of the tempura and, and all the Indian kind mm-hmm. of music, and you literally can have this drone on your iPhone. Cool. And it's awesome. You can change the tempo and everything else. And as now when I'm teaching yoga, just I'm not teaching publicly when I teach to my family. I always just use that drone because I just love that background music. So today, I mean, you can do anything. I mean, of course, I always like to start in child's pose, um, and then uh, you know, move into some openings. So it might be you know, an extended up dog and then moving into down dog and, you know, releasing your hamstrings. I mean, 90% of the problems that we're having in our body are in tight hamstrings. Mm -hmm. And I totally can sympathize because my body is made that way. And I have very tight hamstrings. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of these bendy girls that, Mm -hmm. you know, it never, you know, I could just move every which way. So it takes, you know, a lot of, um, intention and, and actually practice it but i'm telling you it's like when you open those up your body starts to come alive hmm. so anything that opens hamstrings um you know, just really anything that feels good. It's hard because I know a lot, you know, maybe people listening to this podcast don't practice yoga, so they don't really know, they don't know all the poses intricately. Um, I'm probably going to be working on a uh, developing a a short practice that I can share with a visual aid, but um, really any asana. So, you know, find, find something online, get to a class, you know, start to familiarize yourself with, with the practice of yoga because it will change your life completely mm-hmm. in a great way, I think. Trapper, how is yoga for you?
1: You know, it's it's good. For me, I need to focus on the lower body specifically because I play soccer a lot and I tend to have a lot of tightness and soreness in my legs. So for me, it's a lot of um, focusing on opening up my hamstrings and my calves and lower back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, it's definitely very very helpful
0: and how long have you been practicing yoga off and on
1: uh, yeah off and on since I don't know, it's probably been most of my life
0: that's right it's a beautiful thing yeah, i love it it's good it's really cool so there was um there's another technique though that i was during meditation this morning that came to me uh that may be uh an interesting um one to share and that is um this practice of actually keeping a second attention on something so You know, if as you go through your life, if you can keep some part of your awareness focused on your divine connection with your highest self, with the highest aspect of yourself. So as you, um, um, you'll have to practice it in like little, little, stages like little segments of time because i i once tried to do it for an entire day and i i completely almost burnt myself out <laughs> it's <was> really <laughs> exhausting mm-hmm. so it's called second attention and it's a, a tantric practice It sometimes you do and when i say tantric that doesn't mean sexual let me just clarify that right. um that's very westernized um you know uh, assessment but tantra is a whole life um study of of uh of of life it's a yoga study of life Um, And it includes sexuality because sexuality is a part of who we are. But tantric practice does not mean sexual practice. It's a whole life and a whole way of being. And uh, it's a very visceral, very um, present um, kind of practice. And um, um, I resonate with it quite a lot. Um, They always say like the tantric prayer would be before you eat would be to eat. Right. So you're, you're bringing your full presence into what you're doing and Mm -hmm. what you're experiencing in your life. So, um, so this practice is, is called second attention. And, you know, in yoga practice, you would keep your awareness on your guru, but you know, you don't need to do that. It could just be on your highest self or maybe on uh, a lotus or on uh, your heart. So just as you go through the day, you might take like a 15 minute um, section and say, okay, for the next 15 minutes, as I'm going through my day, as I'm cooking my soup, I'm going to keep another set of attention, like a second awareness on my heart space, and then I'm going to cook. So it's a, it's, it's a practice Mm. to sort of get you into the space of experiencing your life from an observational point. And that's uh, quite powerful, and quite expansive for sure. Um, but again, I would say that um, you know, in in today's world, uh, we will be experiencing increasing levels of um, intensity. So uh, we have to prepare our physical, spiritual, emotional, mental bodies to be able to um, receive our life in the highest divine expression. And the practices of yoga, the practices of meditation, um, doing what you love, staying out of fear, staying out of dramatic um, uh, engagements, um, making sure that you stay in your own energy field, that you're serving your own life. Um, These are all things that will help you to be safe and to live your best, most authentic life, which is in fact what we need from everyone. Because... We were all created from a divine expression, from a harmonious uh, creation, and we are all needed to be more of who we are. Um, I don't share um, this podcast with you um, trying to make you like I am. I share this with you so that you may find some seed of inspiration, some kernel of wisdom, something that you might take and make your own and find your own way. And, you know, I think early in the in this path for seeking, you know, re- self-realization or enlightenment, if you want to call it, although there are endless stages of enlightenment, it just goes on forever and ever and ever. But um, I think that as young, young ones, we sometimes um, project our experience onto someone else and we think that our enlightenment is going to look exactly like that person, that spiritual teacher, that guru, that whoever we look up to. And the truth of the matter is, your experience of enlightenment will look completely unique to you Mm. and only to you. And so, only you can say what that looks like for you. You know, you can't say that you're going to experience it the way anybody else is going to experience it. And so, that's why I feel like it's so important to honor each person's individual journey and, you know, not make any isms or any. You know any any religions or any structures that separate people or alienate people, and everyone has something special to share. Everyone has something to offer. Um, so uh, I do this with with love and in service and with a true desire uh, to share my experience of being connected by a divine through line throughout my entire life and some of the beauty that I've experienced um, as a result of that perspective. And of course, it all uh, begins with living a plant-based lifestyle and eating very, very clean. So uh, changing your diet is the first step to unlocking um, the keys to your heart and to living in, uh, in peace and beauty and power and strength and compassion. And uh, it's not a black and white thing. It's not going to happen all at once. Um, But if you start to eat healthy, vibrant, living foods and start to bring this frequency into your life, um, you will experience quite a profound transformation. Um, That, anyway, has been my experience and the experience of those around me.
2: Indeed. Individually.
0: So, Trapper... How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. <laughs>
0: okay, great.
1: I'm doing good. We're, Thank- having, we're having laughs, <laughs> wisdom, Aww. divine through lines.
0: Divine through lines, yeah. Like cool. the title. So thanks so much for uh for playing drums for us today, Trapper. Yeah. Um I hope you'll come back and sing with Tyler in the future. Yes. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Cool. So did we do it today? We did it. All right, cool. So thanks so much for tuning in. Um, This is Divine Throughline. And uh, until the next time, please uh, stay out of fear, do what you love, and remember, with God, all things are possible. Not just some things, all things. Namaste.
2: Namaste. Namaste.
0: We seal this session into the lightness and wholeness of God. And so it is. If you're receiving some healing and you enjoyed the show, please do donate. And check out my tools of transformation at srimati.com. That's S-R-I-M-A-T-I dot com. You can also find me at Srimati on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's S-R-I-M-A-T-I.